February 23rd, 2024. We're in Masechet Bava Kama and Afyodzayin Amud Bet. If you count from the bottom of the Amud upward, it's uh, seven lines up. We'll begin again there, five words before the end of the line. Ba'i Rava. The Gemara says that Rava posed the following question. If an animal uh, stomped, uh, walked over a utensil, didn't break the utensil, however, by stepping on the utensil, the utensil, through the force of stepping on it, then rolled to another place where it breaks. Mahu, what's the halakha in such a situation? Well, what are my two angles? Why uh, and what would you have thought and what might be the halakha? Batar me'ikara azlina. Do we go based on, batar means after, like bava batra, me'ikara, the initial act of nezek, of damage, azlina, I go, vigufehu, and as a result, we see this as a direct act and force of contact to make me obligated fully. That's a case of nezek. My animal uh, damaged this item. It may have actually met its fate a few feet away, a few inches away, but in the scheme of things, it was from the direct action of my animal. Odilma, or perhaps on the other side, I might say, batar tavarmana azlina. I go based on or after tavarmana, at the time that the utensil actually breaks. Oh, well, what's the difference then? Well, then it's removed from the direct action. In other words, what the Gemara is questioning is, is this case similar to a regular, regal situation? Or is it, on the other hand, maybe more similar to what's called serorot? Serorot is a little bit different than this one. Serorot is that the pebbles indirectly from your force damage something. Over here, it's that it's your force but the direct damage doesn't happen in an instant, it happens at a little bit of a pause. On the one hand, it's similar to Seroro, to the pebbles flinging, in the respect that the damage doesn't happen in the immediate moment, it happens uh, as a result of your force. On the other hand, it's not like Serorot, because in Serorot, you never touched, your animal never touched the object which got dam- damaged. That was the question of Rava, Odilma Batar Tavar Mana Azlina Usrorot Ninhu. In the line we're going to read in a moment, it'll certainly matter. Um, if, you, if I kick a wall, does it necessarily going to break? It's an interesting question. It'll have to be addressed at the conclusion of everything. I hear what you're saying. I'm going to pose it right now and explain how it seems that, well, okay. So Jeff is asking, the question over here in the Gemara doesn't explicitly, doesn't make clear. Jesse was actually asking this on the example I gave yesterday, if I remember correctly. In other words, are we certain or high percentage that through the initial act and force of damage, it's going to die? In that moment, right. In other words, is there a chance that, which means that if there's a chance that it won't break, he's suggesting, well, maybe we diminish from, quote, the initial act of damage. We would say it wasn't, and you can't go based on that act. It's not direct enough. Or, does it not matter? Ultimately speaking, when the damage occurred, well, it happened based on my initial force. All right, we'll see in... That's what's coming right now. There, it's certain. So in that case, that's only if you drop it, they threw it. It's not the same, right? If he threw which way? What are you saying? In the case of 
If he threw the object, it's the same thing. If he threw an item at the object, that's the Tosafot we'll address in a bit. Right? In other words, that's a little bit different. But if he threw the object you know, uh, horizontally or uh, downward, it wouldn't matter. In the scheme of things, if it's going to break, it's going to break. That, we're not going to make a distinction. Uh, for Jeffrey's issue also, that those will both be the case that he's more comfortable with. He wants to know what if it's uncertain. Oh, it's more force. Interesting. Because you're not as much, I don't know. I understand. That's uh, as opposed to the force of gravity in the same respect. But that's why their questions are relevant. Again, their questions are relevant because they're, they're questioning, even if we accept an angle that it's you, how much you does it need to be? How specific are we? Are all important and good questions, and especially at the conclusion of the sugya when we realize that there seems to be a contradiction in terms of Pesach, these sorts of conversations will emerge again. Anyway, says the Gemara, I'll explain when we get there. Not going to happen today, not to worry, I already gave a page yesterday, we're going to read that one today. This one's for afterwards, and it, it'll, it'll come up to a certain extent. Tifshot says as the Gemara, Midirabah, why didn't Rava, or couldn't Rava, with an Aleph, have determined the law based on his rabbi, Rabah's statement? De'amar Rabah, we're going to learn this statement again later on. Rabah, his, his rabbi, with a He, said the following, Zarak keli mirosh haggag. Interesting, and Judah makes the diuk, it says Merosh Hagag, it doesn't say Zarak Keli, and it's certainly going to break. It might just be talking about the most simple case, where for sure it's going to break, but he points out that uh, regardless, what? He threw it, what would you have said otherwise? Is there a better word? He peel, he peel. But anyway, by the way, Judah, this case, you, you, you want it, if you throw it horizontally, it's more you over here, we're saying even this is you. So I don't know that that distinction per se. But anyway, if a person drops or throws a utensil from the top of a roof, and an individual waiting at the bottom or approaching it at the bottom takes a bat, takes a stick, and whacks it. Who's going to be liable in such a situation? Says the said Rabbah Patur. The person who broke it at the bottom is exempt from any obligation, any responsibilities. Why so? Of course he's obligated. We say to the person at the bottom, he broke an already broken utensil, which means that since the initial person who dropped or threw that utensil off the roof was the primary force of damage, He's obligated, says the Gemara, we resolved the issue. The issue was, it's not serorot which brings about, it's not pebble, pebbles which brings about the damage, it's the fact that you did an initial act. The damage which happens is only somewhat removed. Over here, the fact that the person who dropped the utensil from the top of the roof is obligated, we clearly see batar, the words of rava, uh, the words of rava, batar me'ikara azlina. We go based on, we go after the beginning actions, and therefore, not serorot, therefore, nezek shalem, altogether and full damage that's necessary. Says the Gemara, why didn't Rava answer based on his rabbi? Answers the Gemara quite simply, This what matter was simple for his rabbi. Rava was trying to determine this on his own. I know what my rabbi says. I'm posing this as a question nonetheless.
The second guy. Right. Well, again, the f- person who threw it is obligated. What, even though, right, if you want, even though someone else even had a place in this damage, uh, we see that the initial act is the primary act with regards to damage, and as a result, you'd be Hayav Nezek Shalem. It's, it's like a Barketela. I understand. I, I don't want to get there yet. I do want to agree with you that the example of Rabbah is that it's certainly going to break, which was a nice point of Jeffrey. And the Gemara does not say, does not say what the two of you are now suggesting. The Gemara doesn't say, oh, Rabbah's case was that. Rabbah was talking about different. The fact that it doesn't say so makes us believe that we're talking about all cases. But maybe we'll have to follow something similar at the end. Question now. Yes, absolutely. But it doesn't matter. When it comes to human beings, we don't care about intentionality. We'll see that later on. But the answer is yes. And nonetheless, the person who hit it at the bottom is exempt. The person who threw it from the top, even though his, it was only his force, not his actual doing, he's obligated entirely. Tosafot, before we address this full sugya, and there's a sugya, there's some 15 lines of Gemara or so that address this matter with proofs back and forth. Tosafot, at the onset, sets forth a significant distinction in halacha. Uh, we'll take a look at that. On the right-hand side, the bottom, Tosafot, Zara, Keli, Merosh, Agag, For those of you who thankfully were at Se'udah Shilishit some two months ago, we quoted this Tosafot in Se'udah Shilishit. Um, regardless, if you don't, weren't, well, you'll get it now. It just won't be Hazara for you. It says Tosafot, Nir'ah, it appears, Di'im Zarak, even Ohetz al-Hakeli. Uba'aher v'kidem v'shibbero. The example of Rabbah in our Gemara is dropped or threw the item from the window, from the roof, and someone at the bottom broke it. What if I'm, take, I'm outside and I'm, I have my BB gun and I'm, a target, uh, I'm targeting and I'm practicing on your uh, glass vases? And so I take a shot and before, I, before my bullet, which will hit your utensil, hits your utensil, your child, your friend, your wife, who's angry at you, who's having fun, smashes it before him. Sounds like the exact same case as we're talking about. It's a little bit different. Over there, I have not touched the utensil. I've set in motion something which will touch the utensil and break it. You, someone else came before it and broke it. Uh, is it the same thing? On the one hand, my action would have caused the damage. Do we say the words of Rabbah, mana, tevira, tabar, a broken utensil was broken? Or do we distinguish, says Tosafot, depshita de hayav. It's certain and absolute that the person who smashes it, your child, your wife, your friend, before my, yeah, that's right, the second guy, before my bullet hits it, is hayav. Those are the words of the Gemara. You can't suggest over here it's a broken utensil which was broken. 
די אזלינן המהכה בתר מעיקרה למשכחת בצרורות חצי נזק. We can come back to that point, but I don't want to stress it right now. But says Tosafot, the logic of צרורות will be lost if we don't accept this. If you think about that carefully, you'll understand that צרורות seems to be predicated on the fact that um, we are accepting that the final act, um, even though there was an initial it was going to happen, is what's uh, obligated. Says Tosafot, importantly, there's a simple reason and logic, although they don't spell it out, they expect you to realize there's a simple logic and reason over here how to distinguish. What's the difference? Well, most simply, the difference is that in order to be obligated for nezek shalem, Tosafot seems to be telling us, you had to have approached, touched, or dealt with the item. The fact that from afar, you sent something to it, but you never laid your hands, you never laid your stick, you never laid your bullet on it, we're not going to make you obligated. It's too far removed in such a situation. There is, in the Olam HaYeshivot, in the Yeshiva world, it's said in the name of the Ragachav Gaon. It was Rabbi Yosef Rosen, it was an important Gaon, who lived in, of course, uh, in uh, in Dvinsk, in Eastern Europe. He gave a Peshat in Megillat Esther, which I'm not certain I would have quoted if we're not close to Purim over here. The Gemara, the Pasuk says in Perik Va, based on this Tosafot. It's a cute one. He said it, he said it, I'm certain, with a smile on his face. Rav Zevin quotes it in one or two of his books. The Pasuk says in Perik Vav of Megillat Esther that after Haman, went through the streets with Mordechai proclaiming in front of him he was pushed into his home and the pasuk says he was mourning and his head was covered Head was covered, simple interpretation, is a mourner, historically, the Gemaran Mu'id Katan tells us the halachayas, has to have a hat over their head, has to have what's called atifat arosh, maybe the turban, their turban uh, low on their head. Avel v'hafui rosh is two descriptions that say he was in a mourning state, M-O-U-R-N. Uh, why so? Because he just took his uh, enemy through the streets. The Gemara in Masechet Megillah and Daftet Vav says a different interpretation. It says, here's what happened. Haman was passing by. His daughter sees a man with a horse, on the horse, a man leading the horse. He, she knew that he was after Mordechai, proclaiming she could hear the voices, Kacha she assumed it was the opposite roles. She thought the person on the horse was her father, the person leading the horse was, was, was um, uh, Mordechai. As a result, she took the, uh, the toilet water and the toilet uh, stuff and poured it out the window, at which point it hit her father instead of Mordechai, she realizes so, throws herself out the window, He's Avel over his daughter. He's Hafui Rosh, not with his hat or turban, but with the excrement from the toilet. That's the Gemara in Masechid Megillah, makes the whole story all the more exciting. Says, said that Ragachav Gaon, he asked a very basic question. According to that story, according to that narrative, um, well, wait a second. Avel v'hafui Rosh doesn't seem to line up. It should be the opposite order. He was first filled with the filth on his head. It should say hafui rosh and avil. And then his daughter flung herself out the window. She only flung herself out the window once he got hurt. The Raghachava suggested, based on this tosafot, that it goes like this. Well, 
with regards to the item which is thrown, the bullet, the arrow, the whatever, we don't say manativiratavar. We don't say it's already halachically broken until it actually gets broken, right? I shot at the vase, your vase is not broken. So as a result, the garbage, the disgusting stuff which came out, it wasn't yet on his head until it hit his head. As it's going through the air, and she says, my goodness, it's my father, she flings herself out the window. Flinging herself self out the window is like the utensil. What do we say with the utensil? Rabbah told us, she's dead before the excrement hits his head, halachically speaking. He, amazing, it's amazing. I, I was told this when I was in ninth grade. I barely understood it. Stayed with me for my whole life. It's a beautiful, amazing, okay. Whether it's true, Alpi Halacha, with regards to Avelut or not, I subsequently saw they talk about it. That's not the point, it's a beautiful term. Okay, anyway, that's the suggestion of Tosafot, and that's the Derech Tzachut of the Ragh There are halachic ramifications based on this Tosafot. What I gave out yesterday, and we could briefly read it, is the words of Rashash. Rashash, his name was Rabbi Shemuel Strasson. He was a rabbi in Vilna in the 19th century. If you have it, great. If not, you'll follow along. It's not so much. Um, it's, uh, Jesse, you can find it in the back where it says, Osar Mefarshim, and on page Kaf Aleph. Anyway, at the bottom of... He says, if it's the force as opposed to the actual item, in other words, I, I shot an arrow, then it's the second guy who's out. Okay, that's Tosafot. Rashash. There is, according to Yamshel Shilomo, I don't plan on, I, I didn't make copies, I don't plan on reading it today. Yamshel Shilomo, it's Mahloket Harishonim and Aharonim. Yamshel Shilomo believes that Rosh disagrees with Tosafot. It's not an easy read, he doesn't explicitly say so, but there is an angle which only continues the conversation much further. What about the Sibara Peshutav Tosafot? No, 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 oh, that would be the logic. Sure, that would be the logic. You would say the touching of the arrow is sufficient. Uh, it might be Rosh's intent. That's the way Yamshil Shilomo, Rabbi Shilomo Luria, reads it here in Perik Bet. But here in Rashash, it's on this Otsan Mefarshim on page Kaf Aleph, on the bottom right-hand corner, at the very bottom. And again, this, if you have the you know, standard Gemara, you have this collection of Mefarshim once upon a time, not so long ago in my life, some 20 years ago, all these mifarshim were scattered. You had to find them. You had a question on Tosafot. You went to the back. You had to check each one, and they were all written differently in different places. They collected them. They made it very neat and organized like this. I'm sure it'll be even some point. I don't know. Yeah, that's right, actually. On Jeffrey's, you just click on Tosafot, and they all come up, so it's even better already. But this already, for me, this is just amazing. Anyway, so it says here, uh, at the bottom of the right-hand corner, it says, this is based on this Tosafot, I answered a halachic quandary that I was uh, posed to me. Uh, I enter into your home, I'm angry at you, I am uh, possessed by uh, my fury, and I start smashing things, and I break your uh, this, and I crack your table, and your couch, and all that sort of stuff, and then, some hours later, there's a fire in your home, not caused by me, everything in your home broke. Uh, excuse me, was decimated. Am I going to be obligated? Again, I came into your home, I broke something, the fire came afterwards, 
would have anyway damaged everything. The question that I posed in Sa'udash Lishit some weeks ago, it was more than just this Tosafot in analyzing it was, I, uh, unfortunately, too common an occurrence in my life, scratch your car. And then, I don't know, a few minutes later, a few hours later, a few days later, before you even fixed your car, your car gets totaled. Am I obligated to pay? Am I paying for the damage or not? Okay, so anyway, that's... Oh, could be, did we? A little bit different. Um, interesting to, to bring that into account. Interesting, but over there, a little bit different. I didn't cause damage. If the question over there, one person sits on it, another person sits on it, but they're only at one point is the breaking of the bench. It's not as if I broke the bench and then he broke it more or something like that. All right, interesting, which the Gemara never said those words, by the way. But yeah, anyway, Tosafot, etc. Okay, anyway, is an obligation for the person who walked in and broke things. Or can he claim, sof, sof, at the end of the day, if I hadn't broken your utensils, it would have been burnt anyway. Among other things, I can prove from our Tosafot, I can suggest that he'd certainly be obligated. I understand why. Think for a moment about our Tosafot. In our Tosafot, let's imagine, let's realize, and this is what he's going to call a Kalvachomer, there was no fire lit yet. Imagine there was a fire lit. The fire was making its way down the block. That is the bullet of Tosafot. That's the first guy, A.B., which uh, sent the damaging act. And while the fire's on its way there, I walk in and I smash everything. Tosafot tells us very clearly who's obligated. I'm nonetheless the second guy obligated. In this situation, says Tosafot, it goes without stating. The fire hadn't even begun when the guy entered into the home. By extension, if I scratched your car, even if, even if your car was speeding into, I don't know, a brick wall. It doesn't make it, that's the Tosafot case. Even if it's speeding into a brick wall, it's not that it happened a day later. It's not that it happened without, in some disconnect. It was in the act of about to happen. It doesn't matter in the scheme of things. If it's not, uh, well, okay, regardless, that's, that's the suggestion of Rashash. He says, therefore, he says, Mikal Vahomer, the Hanni Donda Tosafot, in the Tosafot situation, Kvar Bari Hezeka, Shehareha Even, or Hetaya, Muhanim Leshabero. Hayav HaMashbir. In the situation of Tosafot, it's very clear, the, uh, the arrow, the bullet, which is on its way to break that vase, to, to damage that thing, it's already what we call Bari Hezekah. It's clearly going to damage it. And nonetheless, who's obligated? The second guy, the guy who comes and smashes it. Kalva Homer, certainly in our situation, if the fire takes place later on, in our situation where the Hezek happens later on, where the car turns the corner and then gets totaled, there's no question that you'd be obligated for your initial damage. It's a fascinating thing if you stop and think about that for a moment. It means responsibility, and I can't tell you that American law is different than this, but it means responsibility is not as you might have suggested. You might have said, what's the responsibility of Nezik? What do I need to do when I damage something? I need to replace what I damaged. Clearly not the issue. You're going to need to replace it anyway. You don't even have the item per se to give me to replace. There's a responsibility independent of what happened to or what is going to happen to the item. My responsibility to pay and to fix that uh, irrespective of anything else. Okay.
like a, hmm, you can't call all of Nezik a knas. You no, could call it. It is a more abstract responsibility. How about that? It is less concrete than we would have imagined. It's not a kenas. It means the Torah is saying you're responsible for your action more than the outcome of your action. How about that? You damaged, you did an act of ma'aseh hezek, that's what you're obligated for. Okay, that's what we have. Rashash goes on to deal with asugya later on. Maybe when we get there, we'll address that as well. Well, how exactly are we going to do this? Each one of them will claim rightfully who said I'm the half. What's your sevara in saying that they pay half? But no, the guy, the guy who broke it at the bottom says it was already broken. The guy who threw it from the top, I don't know. It's, it's hard to make such a claim. Now, what we will see later on is different types of cases. If you threw down and there were pillows and you removed the pillows and things of that sort. But even there, it's hard to make the claim that two, how would each one of them can, if they're right, make the claim another against the other? It's either the beginning or the act. It's not bowl or the, or the final act. Yeah, in my case. But what he said, he's answering me, that there's two different actions there. Over here, there's really one action of breaking. Right. So by the scratch, there was a scratch, and there was a total. Right. So we'll make two people culpable. But the action where the item is falling, that's just one action of breaking. I can't, who's the one who's going to be coming up? No, but the difference between that and the other one is that guy's putting it into motion, the object itself. No, no, but Al, no, 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 more basic, more basic. Two things happen to the car, the scratch and the total. The broken thing and the fire in the home. Those are two things that happen. In our case, one item damaged once. Right? It didn't get damaged in the air and then again. It's also one item. No, no. No, nothing happened to the item. Think about the cup. Here's the cup. I shot at it. Nothing touched it yet. Something else comes and touches it. It means one action. Right? So that's what we have in our Gemara. We need to now deal with Rava before we analyze in a fuller sense again. Says the Gemara again, Rava wanted to know what would the halakha be in such a situation where I put into motion Nezik directly, but the actual act of Hezek happens indirectly, like Sirorot or like Regil, like indirect pebbles or like direct stomping and trampling. Question of Rava here in the Gemara. Let's see, says the Gemara Tashema, two lines from the bottom. Tashema means come and listen to the following proof from the Biraita. Hidus eno mu'ad. Omrim hareze mu'ad, period. What does Hidus mean? Well, Rashi. Again, Rashi and the dancing chickens. I would have chickens, they move around. So Rashi always calls it dancing. Anyway, Hidus means they're moving around. Okay, but always moving. Good. That's what it means. Dancing is movement. All right. Hidus enomu'ad. Back to the Beraita then. The Beraita says, first opinion in the Beraita says, the dancing, it sounds like on utensils, enomu'ad. It's not going to be liable for full uh, damage. If the uh, chicken comes onto, uh, I don't know, my thin sheet of glass and it starts dancing on it and it breaks it, or anything, not going to be mu'ad, not going to pay nezik shalim. V'yesh omrim, and some say, harez e mu'ad, it is a nezik shalim. 
What would they be disagreeing about? Is it a mahloket? Is it a dispute about what we call mesiut? What is the nature of chickens? Do chickens move around and prance and dance? Can't be. Everybody knows. I know, I know. Hang one second. Everybody knows that chickens dance around and prance. There's no question of that. There's not going to be a karen. This is not a situation where it's out of the norm. All right, so that's the first uh, statement. Says the Gemara, Hidus salkadatach? Question mark. Do you really believe... Is it really possible we're talking about dancing, walking on utensils? Pashut says Rashi, Amai lo lehavu mu'ad ha'orhehu. Why would it not be nezik shalem, full liability and payment? That's the most normal thing chickens do. What do they do? They walk around all the time. That's what... That's a normal action. You can't tell me that if we're talking about actual normal dancing around of chickens, that they wouldn't pay full damage. Elalav, rather says the Gemara, it must be, it was talking about something a little bit more nuanced now. Elalav, hidus vehitiz. Rather, it must be that the case was, even though it didn't say it explicitly, the case is, chicken is moving around, it's dancing around on this item, and as it does so, it kicks the item. Oh, kicks the item, and the item then gets damaged at a further distance away. Exactly our situation, isn't that the way we began? The animal, what's that? That's not serorot. Serorot means I kicked the item, which then broke something. Over here, the item got kicked and it broke. This is the question of Rava. Do we go based on the original kicking, dancing, nezik shalem? Do we go based on what happened later on, serorot, hatsi nezik? That's the question. So it's a mahlokin in the Biraita. The Gemara is suggesting. You wanted to know Rava? Two opinions in Tanayim from the time of the Biraita. Two opinions, says the Gemara, too easy. No, no good. Lo says the Gemara, absolutely not. Behitiz serorot, Charlie. The case is instead, it was dancing, and you missed the detail. It didn't say it in the Beraita, but we can more easily suggest this, inserting it in. It kicked a pebble. The pebble then went and broke a utensil. That's the case. That's the classic case of serorot. We know there's two opinions on serorot. We spent yesterday and the day before. These two opinions in the Beraita would be on the pelukta, the mahlok, the dispute, the disagreement of sumchus, who maintains serorot is nezek shalem, and hachamim, who say that the pebble case, serorot, is hatsi nezek. All right, so what's the halakha? Rava, and uh, newsflash, or uh, spoiler alert, we will not have a conclusion in the Gemara. Although we had Rabbah telling us, We're going to have a few more attempts. Amazingly, an exciting, fun sugya has no conclusion. Says Gemara Tashema, another proof from a Beraita. This is a case we quoted on Daf Yodzayin. I told you when we quoted it, it's out of context. The Gemara is going to get into it further. Here it is. So now it's time to focus on the case again. We translated it. Let's try to understand it better. The chicken or chickens are pecking at a uh, rope of a deli, of a pail. So there's a pail connected to a rope which is hung over something. Through the pecking at the rope, it sounds like, it says, Nishbar ha deli, the pail falls down and breaks. 
Once that pail is broken, what's the halacha? Says the Beraita, black and white, meshalemim nezek shalem, period. So that's exactly our case. I did an action, it didn't cause the immediate nezek damage to it, it had to be a little bit removed for that to happen, but there wasn't a intermediary of, I kicked the rocks at it, rather it fell and broke nezek shalem. Clearly we're considering this regel, batar me'ikara azlina. It must have happened on a barn. Yes, it, or, or what, it, it has to be in Rishut Nizak. Absolutely, all this. No, 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 quite the opposite. It's a chicken on someone else's, in someone else's domain. It can't be. Anyway, says the Gemara, says the Gemara. Yes. No, we are considering it part of the pail right now. He didn't break the pail. The pail fell and broke. The rope is That's right. That's exactly our case. Well, how did we start this whole business? The animal was walking, kicked the keli, and the keli broke. What's that? No, 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 not a rock. No, no, no. He was walking and he kicked the utensil. The utensil not cracked or anything and broke. Over here, the kicking of the utensil is the pecking at the rope, which caused the, the damage. Nezek Shalem, open and shut. Batar me'ikara azlina, says the Gemara, she'ma'amina, we can derive from this. Batar, after me'ikara, the initial action, azlina, and we go. Sorry, Joe, you had a question? No, I said it was connected. Connected, so as a result, we're considering it the same thing as the utensil. No, no, as, as the pail. Says the Gemara, that's it. Rava, we answered it, which could be nice. Rava would be very happy. But as long as you have a different way of learning it, of understanding it, we're not going to accept it. Tirgema, it was explained, it was suggested, ahevil. What's the damage which is obligated to the person, to the person who owns the chickens, not to the pail? but rather to the rope. After all, it broke the rope. You wouldn't, per se, on the pail, have a nezek shalim. The rope has value. The ro- ah, rope, uh, the rope, rope has value. Uh, maybe less value than the pail, but it has a value. Pays full for the rope and maybe half for the pail. We haven't addressed. We don't know it, either full or, or whole. The point is we don't have proof, we don't have evidence, we don't have a re'aya from this beraita as to what the bucket is. It wasn't the opening, firstly. Um, secondly, that's okay. We, we would talk, in that case, is uh, the dropping and being, oh, good, very good. That's Rabbah. Rabbah told us that the dropper is liable. Absolutely. The Gemara said that's Rabbah with a he. Rabbah with an aleph was wondering this. His rabbi had an answer. Liable, first guy. You're right. According to Rabbah with a he, the dropping, absolutely, we don't need any of this. Rabbah says, but I want proof. I don't want just my rabbi who's wonderful. I want earlier generation. I want to go to the primary sources. But I tell Mishnah, that's what's happening over here. As so says the Gemara, Tirgema Ahevel. Questions the Gemara, really? Not so much your question, Eli, or whoever said, is the rope worth anything? But rather, pecking at a rope doesn't seem. Vahahevel Meshunehu. It's not a normal thing for chickens to have enough strength to peck at a rope to the extent that they'll break a rope. I'm imagining, I mean, we're not dealing with a thin, a thin thread. Uh, by definition, it's holding on to a pail. It's got to be somewhat thick. The fact that chickens pecked at it enough 
That's keren. That's meshuneh. That's not a normal thing. Not nezik shalem. That should be hatzi nezik. It can't be that this beraita was referring to when it said the words, you pay full damage, nezik shalem, to the rope, because the rope is, the Gemara says, unequivocally mishune. Answers the Gemara. That's your question, not a problem. Demaus bilisha. It is, uh, it is disgusting to the extent that it has dough on it, the uh, rope. And as a result of having dough on it, well, dough, chickens, that's, uh, they're very happy to be with the dough. They'll start packing and they'll continue packing and they'll pack and pack and pack until it's done. But that's not, that's not abnormal any longer, says the giver. They're eating, they're eating the dough which is on it. it impor- important point. I mean, not, not for us right now, it's not regular any longer. Now it's shit. Now it's shit. But that, that, in the scheme of things, that won't change anything, but you're correct. From, no, 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 they're eating the Isa. They're eating the dough. The Gemara says, Ma'us Isa. Says the Gemara, I still can't accept. So you made it a normal Shin case because it has the Isa. It's Ma'us Isa. The dough is around it. It's normal for it to peck. The Hanishbar Deli Katane. But look at the Beraita. The Beraita says if they pecked at a rope and the, 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 the pail fell and broke. If you're telling me the whole conversation is about the rope, you told me a story which is an unnecessary story. Say, if a few chickens came, pecked at a rope, I, I kind of want you to mention also that it had the dough, you don't want to mention it, you didn't mention it, and they broke it, they're obligated full amount. Chalas. Well, the, the Beraita finishes and it says, and the utensil broke, they're paying. The utensil broke. You're talking about the pail. Clearly the conversation was about the pail. The nishbar deli katane. Didn't it say, quote unquote, nishbar deli, and, and the uh, pail broke. Ela rather says the Gemara, you're right. You caught me. You got a good case with regards to this situation where it pecked at it to the extent that it's like it kicked it and it broke later on. However, who said that's universally accepted? That would be, you're right, saying that we go batar me'ikara, but not really. It might even be saying we go batar me'hashta, which means that batar hasof, it goes based on what finally happened. If it goes based on what finally happened, then it should be hatzinezik. Not really. Maybe this is the opinion. Ela sumchusi. In other words, the Gemara suggests you found evidence in a Beraita dealing with a case almost identical to Rava's case where it says Nezik Shalem, but Rava wasn't questioning this according to Sumchus. Sumchus is the rabbi who says if you flung the pebbles, you have full damage, even in that case. We're assuming you have partial damage. So you found me a case and it says Nezik Shalem. I'll say that was just following the minority opinion. We're still stuck in the Gemara. We'll continue with this on Monday. Baruch Adonai Le'olam Amen ve'amen Bihan Abu Shaman Asa Kadosh Baruch